This episode of Spawn is brought to you by Ritual Vitamins, makers of Ritual's Essential for Women, which includes those nine nutrients women are not getting enough of from their food in their highest quality, easily absorbed forms. The best part is you can get them delivered right to your door for just $30 a month. You never run out and you get the health you need for just a dollar a day. Sign up for a monthly subscription at ritual.com slash spawned. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And I'm so excited today's episode of Spawn because we are talking with Robert Mahar, the longtime Cool Mom Picks friend, and he's the contestant on the hot new crafting competition show making it. I know we're not supposed to pick favorites. We aren't, because I am. Already (laughs) done. Already done. And as always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. So I feel like Robert has basically grown up with cool mom picks because (laughs) we've known him since the beginning, right, Liz? Yeah, going back 12 years when he was the proprietor of Mahar Dry Goods, and we basically included every single beautifully curated (laughs) indie, amazing, handmade wooden toy in every gift guide we ever did. We were so sad when he closed it, but he went on to continue to be an artist, designer. He teaches incredible DIY projects with really high-quality video tutorials on his YouTube channel, Crafted. You can also find him doing that on creativelive.com and in-person workshops. He's creating really cool stuff like craft kits with Knock Knock, and he sells gorgeous, funky embroidery on his own site. My gosh, he's doing a lot. And on top of it, He's a contestant in a new NBC show, which is amazing. Robert, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Hi, ladies. It is so nice to talk to you. I feel like I'm talking to two old friends because, honestly, when you said 12 years, I kind of had to pinch myself because Cool Mom Pick started in when? 2006? Yes, yeah, it did. 2006. Yeah. Yes. And, and I had launched Mahar Dry Goods in 2005, so I feel like we both sort of launched into the interwebs at the uh, about the same time. It's true. And when we saw you finding all these beautiful handmade things, we were like, this is it. This is what we're meant to do. We yes. just want to write about Robert's things all day long. And that's really <laughs> part of, you're part of our origin story. Right? Well, yeah, you both true. were so ridiculously and enthusiastically supportive of my endeavors at that time. So I just want to start by saying thank you for that, Aww. because it's always nice to kind of find your people and to be able to champion those people that are doing things that you can get behind and I felt like that happened with the two of you so That's thank you so thank nice. you well we feel that way now about you and for our listeners who have not yet watched making it it is so awesome it's hosted Ugh. by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman it's basically like I don't know I would say like project runway for crafters does that sound about right I would say that sounds like a really good example yeah I mean have you watched any of the great British baking show yes okay yes. so that it's one of my all-time favorite reality shows and it was such a revelation when I saw it the first time because contestants were kind to one another. You got constructive criticism when you were kicked off the show. It was with hugs. I mean, it just, <laughs> yes, it's true. It sort of it's true. It tapped into all of the touchy-feely, you know, just be kind mantra that I try and live my life by. And so when the opportunity came along for this competition and it was presented as a crafty version of that I'm like oh I just I've got to throw my hat in the ring and look at you oh my gosh you would have been the first person we picked it's so exciting so I've been saving it so I'm gonna watch it with my daughter my 14 year old Liz has already seen it like but you have to tell us like what is it like 
Give us the give us. How, the well, juice first of here. all, how'd you get involved? Yes, with this? how, like, did, this how did they happen? find you? Well, you know, as you can imagine, I'm involved in a lot of crafting groups on Facebook, and when <laughs> they put the when they put the call out for applications last March, oh my goodness, that's when I first learned about it. And so, after lengthy applications and photo submissions, Skype interviews, in person interviews, and an actual boot camp, I somehow found myself amongst seven other incredibly talented makers. On a national television show, I keep pinching myself. It's so great! I loved when you said that you were once described as a combo of Bob Ross and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> by the way, I was like, "That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good." <laughs> Only with that a beard. That was my all-time favorite <laughs> YouTube comment on one of my tutorial videos. One of the viewers mentioned that, and I just it stuck with me because I have such high admiration for both of those men that to even think that I was uh, in the same shadow as them was really touching and exciting to me. And now, I mean, Simon Doonan is evaluating your work and Dana Isom Johnson from Etsy. (laughs) And, and, you know, speaking of being kind, he's like wonderful. Like I thought he'd be a little kind of snarkier. I mean, I, without spoiling anything, the first contestant who left the show, he was so kind about it. He's like, but you brought so much energy and passion. Like he was really sweet. Simon is a funny man. And I think like all of us, he's got that inner critic, but he's been great on the show. And I think the way you'll continue to see him interact with the contestants is with a lot of pointed, constructive criticism, but with a lot of humor as well. Well, here, Okay. So I want to talk to you about crafting in general and especially for parents because that's obviously most of of our audience. So I am not crafty. And similarly, I'm not really like a big cook. And it's funny because when I look at things like the British Baking Show, I think, well, I'm I'm not going to go home and make like a lemon trifle or whatever. I just enjoy watching it. But there's something about watching crafters that makes me want to craft. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. What do you think that's about? I, you know, I think we all like to watch process. I mean, one of the things that I loved from my childhood, I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s. I grew up with Mr. Rogers. And my favorite segments on his show were always when he went to like a factory and we got to see how something was made. Right. And even though it was mechanized and thought out, it was so incredibly creative in my mind. And I think it just got the metaphorical wheels turning in my head. So, so they actually have a great line at the beginning of the show, Amy Poehler. But by the way, she and Nick Offerman could not be a more unexpected unexpectedly delightful (laughs) group of hosts for this. They're so funny. They're so great. I went in as a fan and I came out as a super fan because they were just phenomenal. And not only did they add much needed levity to a timed competition, but they also advocated for us um, to the judges. Uh, And it just, it it really, they set such a nice tone of collegiality and kindness. So they're kind of like the Tim Gunn Uh of Project Runway. He's like such a wonderful advocate for all the designers. Exactly. And there's one thing they say in the very intro of the show that really stuck with me, where they said creativity lives in all of us. And I thought, that's cool. That's interesting. And maybe that's kind of why, as a mom, I was so inspired. Like, I watched this and I always feel like I should be crafting more. I should be sitting down with my kids and, like, making paper dolls. I should be creating stuff. Kristen's really good at that, by the way. Oh, I don't know about paper dolls. I I mean, I was a musician, and I think a lot of parents can, I mean, I think a lot of people, not just parents, can relate to the monotony of life, right? Like, and it's like the every day is the same, and we're driving our kids to practices, and there's really not a lot of spontaneity and not a lot of creativity, right? We have to follow a routine. 
routine. Our kids are good sure. when they follow a routine. So when we see people making puppet theaters and like cool embroidery, <laughs> it just it's inspiring because we're like, oh, like I think a little bit of it is it like I could do that. Like I yeah. could do that. I could see kids wanting to do this at home. Like, they're going to have their own making it competitions. Oh, please, because will they just stop with a slime? I just got finished with a slime party. (laughs) And I'm like, please. And I'm going to tell you what, if if you guys do slime on that show, (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Okay, so I have to ask you, Robert, this is a spoiler alert. Just a little teeny one for our listeners who haven't seen it yet. But you won the very first competition of the entire show, which is awesome. I did. Tell us about that. Was that incredible? (laughs) It was such a nice way to start the competition. And it just, I I think I took it personally as an affirmation that I was meant to be there, you know, like I was amongst my peers and I was doing what I should be doing. And it just, it was a really good confidence boost because, you know, when I looked around the room and I saw what all the other makers were working on, it, it got to be a little bit intimidating. I and we wondering. didn't know going into it what the other makers' areas of specialization were or oh. what their backgrounds were. So that was kind of a fun surprise that was revealed in the barn as we were working on these projects. So do you see their stuff as they're working? Like, I always wonder how much is edited in these shows, you know, because right. obviously we're not going to watch you real time spending six hours making a wooden quilt or whatnot. Sure. But I always wonder, like, are you kind of seeing them as they're working? Are you Absolutely. Like- oh. When you see a picture of the barn, it's all open plan. It is like the British baking show because they can it see really everything is. that everyone else is doing, too. And I can imagine, like, that already makes me feel <laughs> intimidated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we each had our own workstations, but we were allowed to interact with one another. They encouraged sharing of materials and chatting with one another. So, oh, nice. uh, yeah, we definitely could look across the aisle and see what amazing thing was being built, you know, a few feet away. So they're not pulling you into confessionals and being like, who do you hate on the show? <laughs> well, you know what? We definitely had, we were interviewed multiple times during each of the challenges, during the process periods and afterwards, just to kind of get our take on sort of the the tone in the barn and how we were feeling about what we were making. But there wasn't this sort of um, artificial drama that you often kind of can perceive happens on a lot of competition shows. Um, Yeah, so Amy actually jokes about that a lot lot in the first (laughs) episode because, you know, there wasn't any. I think it's good. So it's not the Real Housewives of Craft Town, right? No, (laughs) it was not. Real Housewives of Craftopia. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming to Bravo. Right? No, I actually... I like the lack of conflict and the friendly competition. I think there's like a lot of conflict in the world right now. And I think what I I realized was that I felt I just enjoyed watching it for an hour. It was like very relaxing and enjoyable. And and I don't always feel that way about competition shows. Sometimes I feel a little stressed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad that that's the way it's coming across. Um, I wanted to go back to your question about parents that don't feel like they're crafty. Yes. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things where I think that we are, we're living in a world right now and our kids don't know anything different other than the world of Pinterest and Instagram, where when you see a craft project, it's usually executed perfectly and styled within an inch of its life. And it just <laughs> seems so unattainable. And we feel when we sit down to work on a project that it needs to look that way the first time around. And I just, I've been preaching the gospel that's the opposite of that, because I really think you have to be kind to yourself and realize the first time you do something, you're going to create a craft happy first draft. It's just not going to look 
like this professional person that's been practicing this for 30 years. And I think more than anything else, even more than creativity, practicing something, you know, doing it more than once and just being thoughtful about the process is really going to result in something beautiful. And I think part of that is um, uh, it's just a way for you to embrace uh, the creative side. And um, not everybody's going to enjoy it as much. And I think that we all have projects that we've picked up and we're like, well, that was fun, but I never need to do it again. <laughs> and there's going to be other ones that are, you're going to feel more simpatico with. And, you know, maybe that's what you run with because it gives you a little bit more joy. You know, it's funny that you say that because we have had different parenting experts come on. We've had Jessica Leahy, we've had Katie Hurley, and now Mm -hmm. you all saying similar things about the process, about the practice, about it not getting it right the first time, and that's okay. Because I think, like you said, kids see all the perfection right now on all the social media, and everything is so immediate. Like, I think about myself, like, trying to write a novel and having to, like, rewrite draft after draft after draft, and that's just, like, part of the process. But for so many other things, it's not. So I think that's a great lesson. Even if you're not crafty, maybe we do it just because, you know, we want to teach our kids that that's really important. Like the process and and trying something, even if you're not good at it, is important. Absolutely. My mom tells me this story about when she was a nurse and nurses have a very specific way of doing hospital corners on on the sheets when you're making them. (laughs) You know, they're very specific. And so when I I must have been three or four and she was teaching me how to do, you know, make my bed in the morning and I screwed it up the first time and I got so mad at myself and she saw that. And so she instinctually just pulled back off of that. And just as long as I like could get the sheet on the top, it didn't matter if the hospital corners were perfect. It was sort of the practice of, um, you know, just doing it every day. And eventually I got it. But I, I think it's, you know, when you feel like there's this unattainable standard at the very outset, and that's what you have to attain immediately, that's where we get really, you know, tripped up in our heads. I think that's a great point. I know plenty of kids who don't do things because they won't be good at it. Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to be seen failing. Yeah, they just don't even try. And, exactly. And yeah. I think it's really good to remind them about the process and the journey and not the end result. And also, you know, one thing I've learned through being creative in other ways, if not crafty, is that um, sometimes I think accidents and obstacles often present the most opportunity. And Absolutely. sometimes the best things I've ever done, created, written, developed, were because something went wrong. And mm-hmm. from that, you ended up in a place you never would have gone ordinarily. It's true. You've told me it's that, Liz. I, I think about that all the time. I think about it really? all the time. I do. Oh. I do. I think it's a great note. You know, for anything you're doing, like you just don't know, like it's so easy for us to be so upset when something happens, like we're going on our merry way and then something gets in our way. But then I remember you said it a couple times, like, okay, wait, so we can't go this direction. We've got to go any of these other ones. Like, what can we do? And it really changes the way you're thinking about something. So thumbs up for me for that. Absolutely. Put it on a T-shirt. So, okay, some things that parents should have in the house for spontaneous creativity. What do you think? What should we have in our cabinets? Uh, I am a big believer in the basics. Like if you have construction paper, safety scissors, glue stick, maybe some scotch tape and crayons. I, I mean, that's like your basic, that's your basic toolkit. I love that you're not like a glue gun, a handheld a drum machine, <laughs> <laughs> a cricket. I do love the gadgets. I really do love the gadgets. But I think when you're little and you're just starting out, like to the point that we were just talking about, when you're given 
more limited options, it actually, I think, encourages that creative thought process. And that piece of construction paper can suddenly turn into like, you know, a 3D dinosaur, a diorama. I love your optimism about giving us (laughs) construction paper. Did you hear that, Liz? He's like a diorama, a 3D dinosaur. I feel like 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 a scribble on a red piece of construction paper. square shape. I can (laughs) make a fortune teller. (laughs) I can too. Kristen, we're going to totally do our own YouTube video that's going to be like how to make a fortune teller when you're a mom in your 40s and not happy at all. (laughs) Yeah, but see, like, honestly, Robert, like, that kind of thinking is often how Mm. kids think, too, right? Like, they think big. I love that. You're like a dinosaur, a diorama. Like, I think adults, we get in a rut. You know, I'm like, I can make a fan. I, just love it. I think kids think big. They really do. They're like, I'm going to yeah. turn this construction paper into a bed. And I'm like, all right, go for totally. it. Well, and you yeah. know, one of the other things I think is that, you know, uh, take your kids to the library. And I think you need to do that for a couple of reasons. One, if you're not crafty, you can always get craft books. But your kids are reading these great, imaginative, fantastic, short format picture books or short chapter books. And reading those is kind of what are getting these stories going in their head. And then encourage them to do fan art. I mean, that's my favorite thing. Like, if you're in love with Amelia Bedelia, let's make an Amelia Bedelia paper doll or make an environment for her or, you know, whatever the character is that your kid happens to be into. I think that's a really natural way to kind of integrate not only a love of language, but a love of, like, working with these three-dimensional materials or even, you know, 2D drawings just to kind of, like, uh, sync up that creativity. That's such a great idea. You know what? That's not even something I've heard. I don't think I've ever seen a crafter say go to the library for inspiration. That's that's wonderful, Robert. And I think part of that is because I grew up on public television and in the library. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, that's where I learned so much. And, you know, obviously I'm dating myself, but, you know, pre-internet, we had the Childcraft Encyclopedia. So it was, I think, volume four that was the make and do volume. And I read that thing from cover to cover and probably tried every single project in it. But as a result, it was like, oh, the library got me this. I bet, you know, what else can it get me? So oh. I'd find all sorts of, you know, instructional and craft books there. I really love the idea. Like, I'm really taken by this. That for kids who are like, I don't like drawing or I'd rather play a video game. That if you find the thing they love, like if they love Minecraft, take this green construction paper and make me something Minecraft. Oh, like, I think there that's are really so cool. many cool Minecraft craft tutorials (laughs) on YouTube. It's unbelievable. And it's so simple because that's just all pixelated. You know, you're just working with combinations of squares. So that's a perfect example. Yeah, it is. And when I play real Minecraft, I get dizzy because I'm old. (laughs) So like I I need to use construction paper so that I don't need to take Dramamine while my children are playing (laughs) video games. Are there any other craft projects that you can think of that parents who like maybe don't feel crafty or like anybody can do like off the top of your head anything fun don't say diorama (laughs) not allowed to say that my fan idea with construction paper Kristen make a fan yeah make a fan Uh, well I have to tell you we kind of live in a YouTube world and I'm a big proponent of it because I create a lot of content for YouTube Um, but if you can find some YouTube 
creators that you are cool with your kids just diving in and sort of watching their catalog of work. There's something really magical about seeing something demonstrated in front of you and being able to rewind it and watch it as many times as you need to, just as a way of sort of practicing and getting down whatever that step might be. I mean, one of my nieces is, um, she's the real crafty one. And so we've got this great relationship and she is constantly, you know, online trying to figure out how to do origami or how to um, do some perler bead project. You know, I just think that if you don't feel crafty and you're looking for some place for inspiration, it's like an online library. It's interesting because Kristen's oldest daughter is literally a prodigy. She's Uh 14-year-old, about to be like a professional anime artist. She's unbelievable. I have to confess to having seen some of her work online and it's amazing. So yes. Get her on that show as a judge, Robert. (laughs) 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 And then my oldest, she's a good artist in her own way, but my youngest different. (laughs) And so what she found through YouTube was makeup art and makeup tutorials. And she doesn't like wearing makeup out of the house. Mm -hmm. She's 11 and she thinks it's not appropriate is her word. Not appropriate. (laughs) But she loves doing it as a craft thing that she found she's good at. And I love that even though her, you know, illustration or comic art or paper mache isn't like her sister's, she's found something she loves that makes her feel creative, that lets Mm -hmm. her work with her hands. And it's makeup. And it's, you know, zombie makeup or, you know, funny faces or even just like interesting eyes. And I think that's kind of cool that she landed on that. Like, I think sometimes as a parent, like I'm limited in what I think creativity is all about. Yeah. Well, also, I like that you're tying in something that our kids are interested in already. I mean, you know, people have lots of opinions about YouTube and some of the things that they watch is not great. But I know like my kids were introduced to like my froggy stuff, like so many different creators that are really doing some interesting and fascinating and really creative things. And so yes. I like that you're you're bringing to light the the digital aspect of it because that's where we live. It's 2018. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, and and the library is great, but also we have other resources too. So tap into it. Sit down. Put your blue light glasses on and watch <laughs> some crafting videos on the YouTubes. <laughs> okay. So, Robert Yes. What are your biggest craft catastrophes? Do you have like one awesome story that is going to make us all feel better about ourselves? Oh, I have to tell you, I mean, as part of my professional life, you know, I'm designing and researching and working out tutorials and I have to work them out in a way where the steps are understandable and I can convey them in a simple way so that when someone watches them, they feel empowered to tackle that and be successful with it. I want to set them up for success. But to get to that point... Is a literal craft graveyard. (laughs) Like I said earlier, nothing turns out perfect the first time around. And I just, you know, I probably should start documenting that a a little bit more. You should do hashtag craft graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you use the hashtag making it Robert. I think you should also do not making it Robert. (laughs) We can see the failures. (laughs) I think there really is something valuable in seeing someone that you admire or someone that is a professional in whatever the the arena might be uh, fail and just, you know, maybe fail forward, accept it and try again and work out the kinks because it is all about that practice. So I don't have one big craft catastrophe because I, I think all of my projects start with a little bit of a catastrophe. And well, that's good <laughs> to hear. A series of that's good to hear because we don't see that. We see, no. you know, your work and we see other people's work and we're like, damn. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you know what's interesting is like I I think people know magazines like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes right but I, sure. I've always felt like this on Facebook and Instagram I think we've talked about this Liz that people don't realize maybe it's because it's like they're just everyday people you know like or, or whatever it is they're not magazine editors but they just think like things just pop out the first time like they see them, fully they formed just don't realize oh it. no like, I know how many photographers and editors and style people and prop people Martha Stewart has in that room <laughs> for everyone for photo. a fact, you know what I mean. Like even even for Cool Mom Picks, when we do photography, like there's a lot sure. that goes on behind the scenes. Like we didn't just snap that photo of our kids; we took like fourteen hundred of them <laughs> and picked the best one. We picked the best yeah. one. No, one of my side gigs is doing photo styling for like product catalogs, and we take upwards of like you know twenty to thirty photos of every sort of setup until it feels right, you know, and it just it doesn't happen automatically. For sure. So listen, we got to ask you. I mean, mm. presumably you've already taped all the episodes and can't tell us what happened. We can only say that we are totally rooting for you. Thank we you are totally so biased and we acknowledge it. Yes. What would you do with the $100,000 if you win? Oh, what would I do with the $100,000? It's really funny because um, we did not learn what the cash prize was going to be until the day before we started filming. Whoa. Really? What? And so, so you, the, you were kind of there just to be you're there. You're like, a lifetime supply of construction paper. Right? <laughs> we didn't know. I mean, we knew it was going to be on national TV and, you know, it could be a, a launching pad for all sorts of other creative projects. But the cash, we didn't know about. And so when they announced it in this production meeting beforehand, you kind of heard all of the makers very silently just like suck in their breath. Oh. <laughs> But as we continued on, I kind of lost track of that because we were so into the process. Um, but when I was asked that by one of the story producers, I, I realized at that point in the game, I had gotten to know all of the other makers and learned all of the amazing, magical things they made. And I thought, well, you know what? I would probably take a first little chunk of that money and buy something from everybody else in the Aww. competition because their work was so good. You are the best person. That's See, so you should sweet. win. <laughs> and then we would feature it on Cool Mom Picks. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Simon, Simon Dunan, if you're listening, Robert needs to win. I'm just saying. Yeah. That right <laughs> That's the best answer I've ever oh, heard. You are lovely. such a good person. I hope everybody watches the show. Yes. It is so enjoyable and fun and inspiring and positive and and funny and sweet and oh, I really and really also like Amy it. Poehler. So it's Tuesday night, ten o'clock Eastern. It's called Making It. It's on NBC. Robert, where can folks find you? Where's your website? Your Instagram? You've got hashtags. You've got it all. Where can folks I learn do. more about you? My home base online is robertmahar.com. My last name is M-A-H-A-R. You can follow me through the competition with the hashtag making it with Robert. But my website is really sort of ground zero for my video archive. I've got more than 100 short format crafting and DIY tutorials on there. Everything from like paper craft to soap making to bath and body. So there's a little bit of everything. And it also gives you a little bit more information on um, the classes and the workshops that I teach, primarily in Southern California. And Instagram. If you follow me on Robert underscore Mahar on Instagram, that's really where I'm most active on the uh, social media platform. And I know that because I'm liking and commenting on everything that you're <laughs> posting lately. 
That's great. That means that means we're going to see lots of your stuff in our feeds. So very uh, exciting. And by the way, for parents, he's great for kids. Like this yes. whole series and this this show is really awesome for kids. Like my kids love stuff like Skin Wars and British Baking Show. And yeah, you know, I think this doesn't have kind of like the edge of Skin Wars. It's really no. family friendly and sweet and inspiring. And I just love everything about it. So I'm so glad you're a part of it. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank so you. listen, you're going to stick around for cool picks of the week, right, Robert? Yes. Okay, we will uh-huh. get to that right after this. So, Kristen, we are so happy to welcome a brand new sponsor this month, Ritual Vitamins, yeah. which I need for yes. real. I for do real. Too. You <laughs> know that I'm always like, it's two o'clock. I haven't eaten. I'm really hungry. I'm going to pass out. Like, I'm so bad. Yes. I, I could send you a collage of those texts that you have sent me <laughs> because you send them to me all the time. You could probably just do a search on text for I'm going to pass out and see like a whole <laughs> list of things. They're like, I'm shaky. I'm dizzy. Just look for those keywords. So I know I'm not the only one that is probably not getting all the nutrients I need. And the truth is like a vitamin would be a good thing for me to start doing. And it sounds like ritual are really good. Yeah, well, they're rituals essential for women. Hi, that's for you, Liz. Hey, I am a woman (laughs) and and I need some essentials. And for me. So they include the nine nutrients women are not getting enough of from their food and they deliver them in the highest quality, easily absorbed forms. That's important when you're taking vitamins. That's Easily absorbed is important. I've had some experience with not easily absorbed things and let's just say... Not fun. Yes. <laughs> so no. this is good. This is awesome. Uh, and by the way, I love that they're like super research-based because, you know, I'm a total data nerd. Yes, you and are. And that they read 10,000 studies for their team of scientists to Holy pick the right ingredients. <laughs> and they help avoid nausea. You don't get that weird like post-vitamin sick feeling in the morning. Yeah. Like, I'm serious. I am ready to try these. Plus, they're delivered right to your door, I which know. I also need because I don't even have time to eat, let alone go vitamin shopping. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> you could barely get lunch, let alone go to your bodega, which I guess you wouldn't go to a bodega to get vitamins. But you I could, could just, just like to crawl your... to my front door and be like, drop off the box, Ritual, drop it <laughs> off. Just leave it. I'll be there in a minute. I can't eat, but at least I have my vitamins. Yeah, so they're $30 a month and you never run out, which is awesome. So then, Liz, I can imagine you with your vitamins for one month and then doing that whole crawl to the door the next month. So you don't have to worry about that because they come to your door every month and it's just a dollar a day to get the health that you need. So I like that. I'm big up. on subscription things lately, by the way. This is like my new thing. I really, I'm getting like sponges delivered by subscription. Like I'm, I'm starting to do that so that I don't run out of the things that I always I need. I get my toothbrush delivered. I get my toothbrush oh, delivered. Oh, that's awesome. So yes. why not vitamins, right? Yeah. All you have to do is go to ritual.com slash spawned, S-P-A-W-N-E-D, ritual.com slash spawned, and you can sign up for your first subscription, just $30 a month. Okay, it's time for Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And Robert, you're our guest. You get to go first. Tell us what you got. I can't wait. I'm ready. <laughs> so um, one of the other contestants on the show is a gentleman named Jeffrey Rudell. You were introduced to him in the first episode, and you'll continue to see him. He is an amazing storyteller, and I am a sucker for radio stories. I think my passion for that started with This American Life, and it has continued on to programs like The Moth. Um, And Uh, Jeffrey actually has three amazing stories on themoth.org. So if you go to themoth.org, type in his name. It's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y. Rudell is R-U-D-E-L-L. 
if you were taken by his story in the first episode, this is going to give you uh, just deeper delve into some of his past and his amazing story abilities. So I really encourage you to get to know him better there. That's lovely. And for people who've seen the show, he that is one amazing story. Oh. So, uh, I oh. mean, watch the show for that, if nothing else. Kristen, yes. Kleenex. You need Kleenex. Oh, no. All right. No, let it's me good. Go, let me it's go really get my good. not very nicely embroidered hanky. <laughs> <laughs> I will never show Robert what my embroidery looks like. That's a but great anyway. pick. I like that a lot. And I love the moth, so I'm glad you're yes. supporting them. Of good course. pick. I love them. All right, Thank Liz, you, you want to go next? What do you got? Sure. Okay, Kristen. Yes. I have an announcement to make. Okay. I've started exercising again. Yay! <laughs> Finally. Oh, so exciting. I have to, like, get rid of the Trump 20. Yeah. <laughs> work out. And so I found the most amazing yoga instructor on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, it's Yoga with Adrienne. Okay. And she must have, like, 600 bazillion videos. And I love her. Okay. And I think so much of getting started on a routine is finding an instructor you like and feeling comfortable. And I'm sticking with Yoga with Adrian for a while till I feel good enough to get my butt back into a gym and into a class with actual people. <laughs> Poor Adrian. I can second that. I've seen her videos and Ooh. she is amazing. Oh, look so at this. yes. Wow. She's just so kind and inspiring. And it's like not too, you know, like woo-woo, you know, mm-hmm. with the yoga. And it's not too like Jillian Michaels. It's just, it's just great. <laughs> I love her so much. And so yeah, uh, yeah yoga by Adrian. Okay. That's my cool pick. All right. Awesome. I'm, I'm gonna have to check you, both of you are saying you like yoga with Adrian. Adrian, so I'm going to have to check this out. You know, I would prefer yoga with Ryan Reynolds in my house, but (laughs) that's not an option. (laughs) I will go with yoga by Adrian as my second choice. All right. (laughs) So my cool pick of the week is, so I got my hair cut, and I know no one listening to this knows that (laughs) because you're listening to me and not watching me, but I just got my hair cut back but to, anyone who follows us on Instagram yes, you that. have seen it. So it's back to my chin. It was very long past my shoulders. I went to get a cut herringbone salon in Philly, a little shout out. And they gave me this stuff called Sasha Juan, S-A-C-H-A-J-U-A-N, ocean mist spray because my hair is kind of wavy. And most salt sprays, I don't know, you know these. I don't know if you, you, Liz, this is probably the antithesis of what you would ever put in your hair. But like, I'm trying to get my hair to be wavy. And salt sprays are typically very, like, kind of crunchy. So they make your hair feel like you're at the beach, which I don't really want my hair to feel like I'm at the beach. I just want it to look like I'm at the beach. So this stuff is awesome. Um, I bought it there, but it's apparently available at Sephora. It's pricey, but it totally works. It gives you like waves and curls. I slept in it and I woke up and my hair was wavy, but it doesn't make your hair feel crunchy um, or like sticky. And you have like that really straight hair. I don't actually. You do though. You have like compared with me, I look like Magenta from Rocky Horror when I step out of the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Robert gets that. It's your curly hair. It's so funny because my hair actually isn't super straight straight it is wavy but only really when it's short because when it's long it's too heavy so it does look straight when it is long but now that it's short I want it to be wavy anyway if you use a salt spray or what like a scrunching kind of spray I never had heard of this in my entire life and I love it now so that's my cool pick of the week Very cool. a little hair pick for people of course we're going to link everything up by the way various places to find Robert and all of our cool picks over at cool mom picks on our podcast page so you can find them if you're 
scrambling around trying to find what we've just talked about. Like, it's going to be hard to look up Sasha One. So don't worry. We'll have it for you. Yeah, we'll have it for you. <laughs> So thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our awesome engineer, John Bowen, and our wonderful guest, Robert Mahar. That was a good one. I really hope you all got a lot out of that. I thought that was just amazing. I could talk to him for hours and hours, but we know you're busy and have other things to do. Yes, it's like true. downloading our episode, yes. subscribing, or even, hey, dropping us an email, spawned at coolmompics.com if you've got questions or comments. Or you can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, you know, all the usual places. Just go to at coolmompics with a K, not just P-I-C-S, because that's a whole different weird thing. <laughs> and we're not showing pics of mom. Nope, that is very true. All right, well, listen, thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.